Welcome into Redacted on this Tuesday. I'm Clayton Morris. I'm Natalie Morris. And that is Kathleen Turner voice, Natalie Morris, who's back. She was out sick yesterday, but she's back in action. I feel better. I don't sound better, but this is the voice that you'll get today. I apologize. It's the smelly cat voice. I might actually miss it when it's gone. That's a Friends reference. We're not going to explain it for Clayton. Yeah, I don't want to hear Friends references. Um, I should mention, uh, before we get into what's coming up on the show, we do have a 30-minute countdown at the beginning of the show because we're a live show every day at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So if you're watching the replay, that means we're not live anymore. And all you need to do is just fast forward to exactly 30 minutes and we start the show. And we've added chapter markers now. So all you need to do is click show open in the chapter and that's when the show begins. So you don't have to complain about the 30 minute open. The reason we have that there is because YouTube sends out alerts. It takes a long time. Rumble does as well. So that's why we started. Uh, we have that chapter uh, intro and that 30 minute intro. So we do have a busy show for you on this Tuesday. We're going to look at the very latest on China. So it was amazing to watch the, mainst- the mainstream media, the Western media jump all over the story, say, look, Xi Jinping is about to be overthrown. This is such an important story. All of these people are protesting COVID lockdowns. Good for them. Wait a minute, quite a bit of media hypocrisy when people were doing the very same thing in the West, Western countries and they were being mocked and called far right wing nut jobs for doing the same thing. So we'll look at the China opening story this morning. Plus, major media outlets are deciding to rally around Julian Assange. Is this altruism? Are they trying to do the right thing? We're going to present you with that. Plus, maybe an ulterior motive they might have. Hmm. Oh, interesting. And also, Nancy Pelosi, remember her husband, Paul Pelosi, was hit in the head with a hammer. Uh, There was an NBC reporter who covered that story and actually broke part of the story wide open on that. It was confirmed by the police and confirmed by the district attorney. Well, that reporter went missing. He's disappeared, vanished. So where is this reporter? We're going to unpack that story on the show tonight. Plus, Elon Musk says he's going to show us all quite soon all of the official documentation around Twitter's censorship policies, and we have some popcorn ready. We do. That, and we're going to talk about Canada and their assisted suicide story, which is absolutely crazy. All of that and more. If you're ready to get uncomfortable on this Tuesday, then Redacted starts right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Redacted on this Tuesday. So glad to have you all here. We do have a daily newsletter that even when Natalie was sick, she still managed to write the newsletter. That's what a trooper she is. Um, So if you go to redacted.inc, you put in your email, not .com, redacted.inc, sign up for the free newsletter. We had over a thousand people sign up for it last night. So thank you. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. And you'll get a welcome email. You just need to make sure that it doesn't wind up in your spam folder or your junk folder and then click confirm that you want to receive the newsletter. And every morning over your cup of coffee, you'll get a great newsletter with about five or six stories that we're covering here at Redacted, stories that you won't see in the mainstream media. And uh, yeah, you can read it in about five or ten minutes over your cup of coffee. So thank you so much for signing up. Redacted.inc is the place to go. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And please hit that like button. Also, if you subscribe to the channel, like Mo Yoga. 
Moyo Yoga. Moyo Yoga. Then you'll get your name appearing on our screen, and we really appreciate it. Thank you for joining our community. That's right. So welcome and subscribe. And thanks to all of our Rumblers as well. Please subscribe over there. We're nearing 100,000 subscribers on Rumble. So love, love, love you guys on Rumble as well. That's exciting. I know. All right. Well, we have an update now on all of those protests in China over the past few days. They appear to be working. Actually, surprisingly, although the Western media won't tell you that, according to our sources in China, the government is listening and easing more and more restrictions at this hour thanks to those protests. Now, you won't really find any mention of this in the Western media It's at almost all. as if they're super disappointed. They had a grand old time on Monday presenting this downfall of the Chinese government. Right. Oh my God, what does it mean, right? And then on Tuesday, when the government actually responded to protests in a reasonable way, um, the mainstream media seems utterly disinterested in that. They're like, our, oh. our fun's over. Oh, Thanks wait, for you that. Mean, you mean in that country, protests actually work? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's all those people, those thousands of people that go, you know, march on Washington all the time. And like, you and know, it like, has a purpose and nothing ever and changes outcome. in Washington. So according to secondary reports out of China uh, earlier this morning and our own primary sources inside of China, uh, controls are expected to be relaxed. And this morning, earlier this morning, China's state council officials weren't suddenly wearing masks during their meeting. Now, up until now, they've always worn masks. Take a look at your screen at this meeting. So all of them removed masks and uh, look what these protests have brought. Now look at the lower left-hand part of your screen. Even the translator in the lower left part of your screen uh, not a translator, a... Um, She's a sign uh, interpreter. A sign interpreter, yeah. Um, she was always wearing a mask. So now, according to the Global Times, which is state-run media, by the way, China's going to speed up its vaccination program. So this is coming from the state in their own media for elderly people. They're, this was one, of course, the biggest sticking points for lockdowns was the elderly population not getting access to vaccines. So now they're going to ramp up that process. Which is crazy. But they're right. not using so, the same vaccines we do, correct? Like, they no, are no, not. No, 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 and no. the um, Dr. Fauci over the weekend took the opportunity to kind of jab at them for that. Oh, that was a double entendre. That was right? a great pun. Jab, uh, yeah, he poke. took a jab uh, that they did not import Western vaccines, instead used their own. And that's why their program has been slower. And he was like, well, we had some to sell. You know, they weren't going to give it to you, but we had plenty on the market if you wanted to buy some. So this is your own fault. Um, but interesting because this no mask on public officials during meetings, these tweets about, OK, we need to just like because the elderly vaccination has been their sticking point. The reason why they continue to extend lockdowns in certain regions. So these are not small symbolic moves to show the public. We hear you. We're going to take this step. Right. And so Global Times reporting China will speed up the COVID-19 vaccination rate for people age over 80 and continue to increase the rate for people age 60 to and 79. Uh, so, yeah, that, you know, there you go. And this is all coordinated. Absolutely, it is. Um, you know, again, it's to show the Chinese people that, you know, they are listening. Um, and, you know, this is yesterday we broke it down for you that protests are a cultural way in China for Chinese people to have a conversation with their government, whether right or wrong, it actually accomplishes certain things. So it's not for us Westerners to have the final say in its meaning. It, but it's still amazing to watch everyone on Twitter in the West who's like, 
let me tell you what's going on in China. Like right. all of these Western, all these Western Twitter accounts who've, you know, have no idea actually. Um, and they're getting their information from Western media sources on top of it. Um, today's stock market, this is not, you know, not inexplicable. China's stock market booming because of this news. Uh, but again, the Western media won't show you this. They're not going to talk about Hong Kong Stock Exchange and how that's doing. Instead, political pundits and Western media organizations are total hypocrites on this story because when the Chinese people protest, the world is supposed to stand with the Chinese people to throw off the shackles of tyranny and tell Xi Jinping where to shove it. But of course, when those very same people in Canada, the United States and Australia and other places, well, in Canada, where they park their trucks in Ottawa to say, we don't want these vaccine mandates. We don't want you telling us what to do with our bodies. You know, then suddenly uh, or, or people in Australia who are breaking out of internment camps. Right. France, people protesting Macron saying that the vaccinated can or the unvaccinated can stay home while the vaccinated right. enjoy public life. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And then in Italy, too, people were down with the Italian government over crazy lockdowns and mandates in schools. And when it was like 100 degrees, still have your kids wear masks. And there was protests, right? When those people protest, then they are, of course, radical right wingers. They're white supremacists. They're other uh, people to be Extremists, anti-science, yeah. all of the things. So Michael Tracy, I love this take on Twitter today. He said, uh, there is no dispute that China's COVID policies are unusually stringent. But I seem to recall Australia had pretty stringent COVID policies at one point, And anyone who protested would, it was instantly labeled a far right menace rather than brave dissidents standing up for freedom. So which is it? You can't have it both ways. Either you like anti-COVID protesters or you don't. Yeah. Of course, that's exactly what happened. Remember when Australia started rounding people up, putting them in COVID internment camps. And if you didn't get you know, vaccinated, you wanted to live your life, you couldn't. They were rounding you up. I don't recall hearing the Western media actually complain about this. In fact, if you talked about it like we did on this show earlier this year or last year even, you were called, I mean, the comments were amazing to read because they were like, how can you spread this conspiracy theory? How you guys are, what, whatever, you guys are right-wing radicals. I'm like, well, first of all, we're not right-wing at all. I don't know where you got that from. We're not radical. We're just telling you what's actually happening in Australia. But we were vilified for that. And so was Djokovic for just trying to go there to play, you know, a tennis to play tennis, right? He's, a, no, he's, he's an kicked ex- out. He's an extremist. Because he he takes care of his body and he's healthy and he doesn't want you putting something in his body so he can go play tennis. <laughs> like, really? What a crazy guy. So here's Haley Hodgson. She was taken by Australian investigators, put into a COVID internment camp without even having the virus. She was locked up for 14 days at a COVID camp that was built for 2000 people. So they knew they wanted more people there. Um, and she was on the Unheard show in Australia, and she had this to say, listen. It's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. You feel like you're in prison. You feel like you've done something wrong. It's inhumane what they're doing. Like, you, you are so small. You, They just overpower you, and you're literally nothing. It's like you do what we say or you're in trouble. We'll lock you up for longer. Yeah, they were even threatening me that if I was to do this again, we will extend your time in here. So unbelievable. She lost her job too because of that. She well, that's like her- saying if you do that again, like even if even if your symptoms go away, you're you're virus free or whatever, it doesn't matter because you were you know did something. It's basically going to become prison for you, right? And it'll probably be on your permanent record, right? It'll be on your permanent COVID ID record. 
um, and your vaccine passport. Oh, she's one of those. You know, it'll be like a, some sort of a badge that you'll, she'll have to show on her smartphone. Oh, you were a dissident. And we know, by the way, that these governments are watching people like her, right? They have a database of these people. Yes. We know that they've been actively tracking them in the United States and Canada and other places. Like yes. you're, you're a rabble rouser. Like you're the type of person that we want to watch if we're the intelligence state in these countries. So, you know, shut up, little girl. Take your vaccine, shut up. And oh, by the way, so when she got put into this COVID camp, she revealed that she was told to take Valium. They forced pharmaceuticals on her, telling her, hey, take this Valium, Valium because you're in distress. And so you get basically turned into like a sedated drone. Like, that oh, sounds kind of fun, oh. though. Like two-week hotel stit with some Valium. <laughs> the only thing is that Valium constipates you, so that's not fun. But otherwise, I'm kind of like... I wouldn't know. Well... Who's did, you my kids? did you have a Valium addiction we should know about? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, after like I was sick for a couple days, stayed in my room, didn't speak to anybody. That's still kind of great. So next I'll just give you a, a box of Valium. <laughs> I don't want any because like I said, it constipates you. Well, I'm glad to know that. Glad. Thank you for that medical update. Oh, you're welcome. Natalie's medical update. This is a known fact. What medication say, constipates you? <laughs> just take Valium with a bunch of coffee. You'll be fine. Right. I don't know. That doesn't sound like, that doesn't sound relaxing at all. Welcome to Natalie's constipation corner. <laughs> this is what constipates hey, you. I can have my own COVID fantasy. You have yours. So maybe, but that's your choice, right? To take Valium and be constipated. She was not. And they yeah, were, you know, you here you go. That shouldn't be forced on you. If here you, you go. Think and, that sounds fun. And you're being forced into this internment camp. Um, and by the way, you were referred to as a conspiracy theorist uh, when we covered the story um, about the Australian internment camps. I mean, literally people mocked us for it here on this show. They told us we were liars. Don't fall for that story. It's garbage. Last year, regime lovers told us that we were bad people, that these, and by the way, that these people who uh, didn't want to take the vaccine were causing trouble. They didn't want the government doing these things to their bodies. They were rabble rousers. They were labeled conspiracy theorists. Watch this in Canada. They are patently false, yet disinformation campaigns and conspiracy theories have become a fact of our lives these days, particularly in politics. Most get ignored, even laughed off. But there is one theory suggesting Canadians will be forced into COVID-19 internment camps that has now caught the attention of the Prime Minister. I was uh, chatting with a group of students the other day and uh, a young woman uh, asked me about COVID internment camps. And I had to uh, explain uh, that as we consume increasing amounts and various sources of information online and around us, we need to continue to be attentive to source, we need to be, continue to be attentive uh, to uh, comparing uh, various reports and uh, looking for trusted sources. Oh, okay. Trusted sources. So it was all fake then, of course, what he was saying was all a lie. Canadians also had quarantine hotels where they were locked up and weren't allowed to leave. Did you know about that in Canada? They kept that quiet. Tiffany Gorara details her family's grueling stay at a federal quarantine facility in Canada, locked up by Canadian authorities. Watch. I mean, it was an extremely difficult and, you know, onerous and traumatic process for, for myself and our two daughters. Uh, my husband hasn't traveled back with us um, as yet. 
TBD if he decides to follow. Um, but I mean, it's, it's extremely, it's grueling, it's, it's isolated, you know, you, you don't have fresh air, you can't exercise, you can't leave, uh, you know, the food is, is atrocious and it's not nutritious and, uh, you know, there's just, it's, it's absolutely, you know, mind-boggling that you could hold healthy, law-abiding, fully vaccinated citizens in these kinds of conditions. Did you see, look at that on the screen there too. I mean, I don't know if you can see that, but that was like a long white hallway, just like covered in plastic, you yeah. know, like this is where you get to stay. Your government's putting you here. Have fun. So this was happening all over the world. This wasn't just in Canada and Australia, anywhere where governments kept people against their will, uh, you know, in Australia, which was one of the worst places. You had people trying to break out of these lockdown camps. Remember this? A man has been arrested outside a quarantine hotel after escaping from his room. Police say the 24-year-old man was returned to his Tullamarine accommodation without further incident after leaving his room without permission this afternoon. Officers are now working with COVID-19 Quarantine Victoria to investigate the incident. The Herald Sun reports the man claims to be a Victorian resident who should have been allowed to self-isolate at home after visiting Sydney. He now faces more than $19,000 in fines. What? That's crazy. <laughs> oh, just $19,000? Because he didn't want to be locked up against his will? Right. $19,000. Okay. Now, we're not making excuses for Chinese lockdowns at all. We are pointing out a contradiction between how the media... Uh, was fine with it for Western countries and is not fine with it for Eastern countries. Um, but today, as China ad admits that it needs to make some changes in order to make life livable for its citizens, the Western media is all but devoid of stories showing that this may be in the process of being resolved. You would think, given how they splash it across headlines all day Monday over the weekend as well, that they would give us this update, like life will be changing there. This is a sign of a government conversation. They're not. Um, in fact, look at just this morning on CNBC, China protests could usher in more authoritative Xi era, analyst says. Okay, um, why? is a good question. Uh, look at the Financial Times. Xi Jinping's myth of infallibility tested as zero COVID protests rattle China. Well, okay, or another way to look at it is that there is, in fact, a conversation with the people happening right now, and he shows that he is a leader who listens to his people, possibly. Right? That's another possibility rather than this extrapolation. Um, let's look at the Associated Press. Global shares mostly rise as markets eye China protests. Now, when I took these screenshots, this re resolve that this uh, resolution had been unfolding for several hours, and the mainstream media just continued to show these headlines without any real, like, maybe this will change for them. Maybe this is a real sign. That's not clickbaity enough apparently no i mean it's it's amazing too and you see like max blumenthal had a great thread today too our friend friend of the show max blumenthal from the gray zone he tweeted this he said i despise the corporate media that heroizes chinese protesting interminable lockdowns not because those chinese citizens are wrong but because that same media painted the westerners who defied the covidian regime as criminals as they bravely defend their basic human rights 
And of course, he had a few really good um, examples of this, some that I'd forgotten about. But here is the pro-China one from from CNN just the other day or uh, earlier this morning or sorry, yesterday Um, at the heart of China's protests against zero covid. Young people cry for freedom, freedom. Oh, it's young people who are crying for freedom. They don't want to be locked up. Oh, okay. So then how did CNN cover it when it was in Europe? And young people didn't want to be locked up and, and didn't want jabs un, by their governments. Here's how CNN covered Europe. Uh, Europe's loud, rule-breaking, unvaccinated <laughs> minority are falling out of society. <laughs> I we don't love want this. any of that riffraff. Uh, Max, I just, that is so that is so great. I, I, just, I mean, just like just putting that I was like, oh, those side by sides. Just I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here laughing. <laughs> There's so many of them. I have a whole stack of them in my office. All of this hypocrisy. I just chose a few here that I that uh, I think are pretty good. Max Blumenthal tweets this. The trophy, though, for liberal hypocrisy goes to Amnesty International, which issued an unusual statement condemning Canadian anti-lockdown protesters as white supremacists and backing Trudeau's recession while warning Chinese police against arresting citizens protesting harsh lockdowns. So here is Amnesty International. Here's a great one. China. Government must not detain peaceful protesters as unprecedented demonstrations break out across the country. Then here's their take on Canada. Watch this one. Amnesty International Canada's statement on Freedom Convoy Blockade, Ottawa. Amnesty International has been following with great concern the developments relating to the Freedom Convoy Blockade in Ottawa. Amnesty International Canada is deeply troubled by the reports of violence, harassment, intimidation, and hate speech, which have surfaced since January 29th, said Amnesty International Canada Secretary General. Nazi flags, Confederate flags, and other symbols of racism have exhibited what uh, hate have exhibited no room in peaceful protests. They should have no place in peaceful protests. Equally concerning is the affiliation of some of the convoy organizers with overtly racist white supremacist groups. Hey, totally wow. debunked. It's of even, even and the, you can the be anti-government there. Condescending. <laughs> even the what? Sorry. The headline is condescending, like freedom convoy in quotes in and then quotes. blockade. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the so-called freedom convoy. <laughs> right. Who, who 80% of which, according to the data, were vaccinated. They were there just protesting the vaccine mandates, right? Not the vaccine itself, but no, just a minor detail. Here's one more good one for good measure. Na- Naomi Klein, you might have read some of her climate writings and stuff. Here's Naomi Klein, a very pro-China tweet. Popular decentralized uprising in China against authoritarian rule has been so long in coming. The international left, such as it is, should stand in clear solidarity, she writes. Oh, but what about that article that Naomi Klein wrote for The Intercept uh, um, earlier this year? Take a look at this. Toxic nostalgia from Putin to Trump to trucker convoys. War is reshaping our world. Will we harness that urgency for climate action or succumb to a final deadly oil and gas boom? And she goes on to slam those people involved in these trucker convoys and anyone who was pushing for freedom. I love the hypocrisy. Let us know your thoughts on this story in the comments below. We've got more news to get to on your Tuesday. Uh, we're going to talk about Julian Assange may have given, may have gotten a reprieve, perhaps from an unlikely place. We'll talk about that. Also, where is that NBC reporter who reported the truth about the the Paul Pelosi story? Vanished, gone. 
We'll have an update there. We're also going to look at Twitter and Elon. The Twitter files could be released, and what will they show us? But first, should we tell you about our friends over at Mrs. Fields? So we just got a special gift from Mrs. Fields, delicious wrapped cookies. See the one in the, the upper left-hand part of your screen? If you're listening to the show, driving, there's a pit. it's a beautiful like little snowman, like three circular boxes of cookies, delicious brownies, fantastic. The kids ripped these open. And they were freaking out. <laughs> In <laughs> fact, this morning, so you know, I was sick yesterday. So my son, I, nobody put him to bed last night. I was like, go to bed, honey. Um, and this morning when I went to wake him up, he had a bowl of ice cream and the wrappings of this Mrs. Fields, like as a trail leading out of his room. <laughs> I was like, this kid had a party yeah. because no adult put him to sleep Oh, last he's like, night. daddy's doing the show. Mommy's <laughs> sick in bed. I'm hitting up the Mrs. Fields cookies. And there literally was like a trail of like these rappers because they were so popular in our house. So every time you go to the mall, of course, you can smell the delicious Mrs. Fields. So who doesn't love fresh from the oven, melt in your mouth cookies? Mrs. Fields has just what the gift doctor ordered this holiday season. Um, it's the feel good giving at its best. Mrs. Fields will wrap your delicious cookies in unique creative packages that will thrill the people who get them. Uh, I mean, our kids absolutely loved them. So uh, they're fantastic. The brownies, the toffee brownie was fantastic. I love those like, I don't know, they're like a sugar cookie or something. They've got like that really soft icing on it. I can't describe. Does anyone it know what those are? It is a sugar cookie. That is, is a, a sugar, sugar cookie? cookie. Yeah. And it has like the wreath here on your screen. See those wreaths on your screen here? And they've got like a nice like frosting. I love. That's my one of my favorite Christmas cookies. I want that elf cookie. The, the big one. Oh, yeah. The sheet cookie. That looks great. Yeah. Now look, you don't have to brave the mall though. You can go to mrsfields.com and get everything without having to wait in any lines. Right now, Mrs. Fields is giving the best deal available only to our our listeners, you get 25% off everything site-wide if you go to mrsfields.com slash redacted. That's right. Mrs. Fields is giving this exclusive deal only to our podcast listeners. 25% off everything at mrsfields.com slash redacted because you don't want to go and find parking at the mall. Just go to the site. Get yourself some cookies. That's 25% off at mrsfields, M-R-S-F-I-E-L-D-S.com slash redacted you too can have a trail of cookie wrappers leading out your door which means you're super happy that's right so david and philip i was looking while you were scrolling to see if there was any meat cookies on there but i didn't see any no no there's no meat cookies you know i was reading a study recently that showed that kids who were like put in a room where they were given freshly baked cookies and then got to eat them versus kids who were in that room smelled the cookies and then were just given a plate of radishes that the kids who ate the cookies scored higher because they didn't have to like exhibit any resistance or willpower it made them happy and they scored higher on wow. their math tests. <laughs> Mrs. Fields needs to use that study. <laughs> yeah. our, ki- our kids score higher on math tests when they eat Mrs. Fields cookies. Um, this was from a great book. I will find it later. It was, it was a parenting book, but um, I loved it. Oh, it was called Untangled. It was about adolescent girls. So there you go. All right, good. All right, well, we've got more news to get to. Remember, you can subscribe to the channel uh, very easily and become our community. Become a member of our community by going to redacted.inc. You not only can sign up for the newsletter there, but you can also uh, become a community member and join the Redacted Rebellion by becoming a Redacted VIP member. For the price of a cup of coffee once a month, you can become a member just by going to redacted.inc and becoming a Redacted Rebel VIP for exclusive content and more. So thank you for your support of the show.
All right. Well, Julian Assange has some strange bedfellows now. We want to give you an update on this story because we think it is basically paramount to everything. This is a case about free speech, free journalism. Um, it means the future of our ability to hold powerful people to account. Now, just a reminder, Julian Assange was the award-winning journalist who founded WikiLeaks. That site published a lot of embarrassing things about the U.S. involvement in foreign wars. And guess what? They didn't like that. Uh, so he has been indicted on charges of all kinds of things, the Espionage Act, um, you know, the list goes on. He is appealing extradition in the UK and um, in order to go to the United States and face those charges. And he's fighting it. He is Australian, by the way, and the Australian government has been really kind of missing in action to defend him, even though there is a lot of support amongst the Australian people for the government to protect him. Um, that hasn't been a popular thing for Australian to do. Uh, but now... The mainstream media is standing up for him. Way to catch up, you guys. A group of five major media outlets today published an open call to the Biden administration to drop the charges against WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. We here at Redacted wholeheartedly agree with this. The media outlets are The New York Times, The Guardian, Le Monde, Der Spiegel, and El País. And that's nice, uh, but those outlets were hardly sticking their necks out for him in the past. Um, here is some just some of the headlines post posted to t Twitter today from The Guardian. Uh, the treachery of Julian Assange. Julian Assange from zero to hero. From hero to zero. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the world tomorrow. Julian Assange is a useful idiot. Here's from The New York Times. How Julian Assange is destroying WikiLeaks. Okay, so why now is an interesting question. Um, it's really tough to believe that this is not a self-serving move. So let's make two, like, devil on the right shoulder and, um, you know, angel on the left shoulder. Okay, on the left shoulder is that they're being altruistic. They are protecting journalistic integrity. Maybe. Okay, let's put that aside. You mean by these publications coming out and supporting him now? Yeah, like, now like we're, we're talking about why are they doing this? Okay, right. there is the camp that maybe they're just doing what's doing the right thing. Okay, right. Let's put that on a like on a scale and it like okay, yeah. you know I don't put a lot of stock on that, but let's leave space for that. Um, so according to their statement, if we're giving them the benefit of the doubt, they say this, uh, the Obama Biden administration in office during the WikiLeaks publication refrained from indicting Assange, explaining that they would have had to indict journalists from major news outlets too. Hmm. Their position placed a premium on pre on press freedom, despite its uncomfortable consequences. Under Donald Trump, however, the position changed. The DOG relied on an old law, the Espionage Act of 1917, uh, designed to prosecute potential spies during World War I, which has never been used to prosecute a publisher or broadcaster. This indictment sets a dangerous precedent and threatens to undermine America's First Amendment and the freedom of press. We agree. Holding governments accountable is part of the core admission of a free press in a democracy. Yes, true. Obtaining and disclosing sensitive information when necessary in the interest is a core part of da the daily work of journalists. If that work is criminalized, our public discourse and our democracies are made significantly weaker. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Noble, right? Right. Uh, okay. If you can't hold powerful people to account, you can't hold empires to account, then they have total control. 
right? Government should always fear its people. People should never fear its government, like Thomas Jefferson said. And most governments now in the West, we fear our governments because of their total control. Well, Without what, journalists, we can't hold them to account. Right, and that's why those protections were put in place in the first place for the for journalists. Right? Yes. Exactly. True. Okay, so we've put our defense against them doing the right thing on one side. But let's see if there's any element of self-serving nature in this. Glenn Greenwald explained this when he was writing for The Intercept after the Assange indictment was first reported. So let's roll back the time machine. What did he say? The Obama DOJ, despite launching notoriously aggressive attacks on press freedoms, recognized this critical principle when it came to WikiLeaks. It spent years exploring whether it could criminally charge Assange and WikiLeaks for publishing classified information. It ultimately decided it would not do so and could not do so, consistent with the press freedom guarantee of the First Amendment. After all, the Obama DOJ concluded such a prosecution would pose a severe threat to press freedom because there would be no way to prosecute Assange for publishing classified documents without also prosecuting who? The New York Times, The Washington Post, The Guardian, and others for doing the exact same thing. As The Washington Post put it in 2003 when it explained Obama's decision not to prosecute Assange, Justice officials said that they looked hard at Assange but realized that they had what they described as a New York Times problem. A New York Times problem. If the Justice Department indicted Assange, it will also have to prosecute the New York Times and other news organizations and writers who publish classified material, including the Washington Post and Britain's Guardian newspaper. Now, let's, hmm. that's interesting, those people that were mentioned, because those were the signers of today's treaty in defense of Assange. The Washington Post was not one of them, but the New York Times and the Guardian both were. So... Interesting, right? Right. I mean, so, but now they're saying, I, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around. So now they're saying that they support this. They, they su- support him being freed, cleared, right. uh, acquitted, but, whatever, but right? Well, the thing is, the reason, of course, is that this means that if any of their journalists want to do deep digging stories on any of, anything like this in the future or they get access to certain documents, or perhaps they already have access to certain documents that they're just not reporting about. Well, no, what I'm saying, though, is that if the Assange indictment actually is able to go to trial, they will, too. Yes. These same outlets will also have to be indicted, will also have to be dragged into this. There's no way. Do they get a choice? I mean, don't prosecutors have a choice on who who they indict? Um, I don't. Well, again, the Obama Department of Justice did not see how they could leave them out of this. If it became a part of like who published and who didn't and you had a list and WikiLeaks was on a long list and you only chose one, how will they answer for that when it goes to trial to a judge? Um, So, again, go ahead, David. I was going to say, even if they were were not indicted for some reason, Assange's defense could bring that up that they absolutely, did the same thing. absolutely, right. And through discovery, of course, if this goes to trial, of course, through that whole discovery process, I mean, we're going to know, right? We're going to know a lot more details than we know right now. Uh, we may actually get access to a whole bunch of more documents that we never saw before. And at the end of the day, the New York Times and the Guardian were the ones that published the actual stuff. Yes. So, so is it be? so noble of them to say we think the charges should be dropped and we should let Assange free? 
knowing that they also would be hitched to a very muddy wagon and dragged through some pretty rocky territory, right? And so, um, you know, I have to say, like, when we're weighing both sides, yeah. that, like, doing the right thing between, you know, against being self-serving move, it's really hard to um, not give more credit to the self-serving move. But that being said, we support this sentiment. We absolutely do think that Julian Assange should not be tormented any longer and should be a free man. Yeah. Why did it take you That's so amazing. long? amazing. <laughs> It's amazing uh, how quickly people uh, do the right thing when they're motivated by covering their own ass. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like that. Yes. Absolutely the case. Yeah, I just wondering why it took them so long. Maybe now, like, there's some sort of, you know, legal move that they realize, okay, now we're fa- Like, we never thought it would got to get to this point where he would actually be extradited to the United right. States. And now that it looks like that's about to happen, and maybe we need to step in now. If you think of the cozy relationship right now between the mainstream media and the Biden administration... They don't want to risk that by having to go to battle. And then what? Right. I don't think. And it's possible that the Biden administration also does not want that. Um, You know, they need the mainstream media to continue to publish what they want um, about China, about Russia, about anything they want. They're having a really nice um, holiday, like marriage right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe that's why now, I mean, we're getting along so good. Why, why, you know, take each other to trial and risk that. Yeah. And we're going to talk in a little bit here about the Twitter Elon story as well, coming up in just a bit because that Twitter files and what was the government hiding? So this is all sort of intertwined here, right? What was the government colluding? How was the, how was Twitter blocking this information from getting out publicly? Um, so that you didn't learn, you know, you didn't get to learn what was happening with the Hunter Biden laptop story. So when Twitter, when Elon releases the Twitter files, Oh, I can't wait for that. Uh, That's going to be really exciting. So we're going to talk about that. But first, let's talk about this. So just like Julian Assange, when the regime doesn't like your reporting, apparently makes you disappear. Now, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, from from their publications and other times like Jamal Khashoggi, they actually make you disappear. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's the reporter that we want to talk about, Miguel Almagar. He's the NBC News reporter. A few weeks ago, we brought you the story. The mysterious story of the NBC News reporter, here he is, who told us the truth about what happened in the Paul Pelosi story. After his report aired, which was factually accurate according to the police and the district attorney's filing, okay, that's where this information came from, and separately then confirmed by another NBC News report who's witnessed the body cam footage and confirmed Almagar's story. He went missing. Gone. He was suspended from NBC. Uh, His report was deleted from NBC's website, and it was taken off of Twitter completely. Gone. The story is gone. You can't find it anymore. Disappeared. And now no one has heard from Miguel. I mean, no one professionally has heard from him. And when we covered that story three weeks ago, I saw someone in the comments saying, yeah, he's he's missing. So he's been missing since that story. Hmm. So that was a week, and then now it's about a month. It's over a month now. He's gone. Yeah. Not a peep. He's been kept off the air by NBC. No mention of it. Um, and he's not on Twitter. No, not a word about this. Gone. So let me just play. This is the original NBC News report that got him disappeared. Craig, good morning. When officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today, they initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. 
This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his arm and hand, is now home where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Fear takes over. So that's the original report. But it was really the first part of that story that got him in trouble because then it was disappeared from the website. The idea that Paul Pelosi opened the door himself. Which NBC has, well, the local affiliates have continued to report on and right. do stories. Who opened the door? with which hand was also relevant. So certain, you know, outlets are continuing to ask this. We're not extrapolating anything that we don't know. It's just a simple, why do you open the door? Who did it? Was there somebody else there? That's, those are the questions. Right, and the district attorney, that's what it said in the district attorney's report. That's what it also said, uh, according to sources uh, who were looking at the body cam footage. This is what they said in their police report. And then the Department of Justice puts out a separate story, like a separate argument and a separate narrative about this. So who at the White House or at the House of Representatives or Nancy Pelosi's office calls up NBC in New York? like, look, you got to report this on your website right now. We want it taken down. I would love to know who was colluding with these companies, like who from the, you know, who from the, who from the White House or the, the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi's office was on the phone calling NBC, asking them to remove this report. And oh, by the way, send this reporter packing. Now, this is not crazy, given that we had Mark Zuckerberg sitting down on a podcast saying the FBI called us about Hunter Biden's laptop. So we already know that the Justice Department or other government officials run defense on stories they don't like. This is no longer crazy talk. No. And of course, NBC and then you had the Biden administration coming out saying that, uh, you know, hey, this was an act of right wing other media outlets came out. This was a right-wing political violence by an enraged Trump supporter. That story fell apart pretty quickly, right? Inflamed by right-wing conspiracy theories and anti-Pelosi sentiment. And then, of course, we found out that, well, DePap, the guy that attacked Pelosi, uh, was a Canadian national living in the U.S. illegally. He was a nudism enthusiast. He lived in a bus uh, with Black Lives Matter 
sign hanging on the school bus that he lived in. So, okay, well, I guess your story fell apart pretty quickly there, didn't it? But that still doesn't answer the question, like, where the hell is this reporter? What did he do wrong to deserve this type of treatment? Was he paid off some sort of big severance? Like, hey, just go. You're not allowed to talk. We don't want you to, you know, you're not allowed to post on social media. You're not allowed to go on the air. We're going to give you a big severance package, but we want you to retire. Yeah. Take a long vacation, Miguel. I'd love to have him on the show. Miguel, if you're looking for employment, come here to Redacted. We won't redact you. Like, we would love to be able to share this story. I would love to know. I would love to know. But you know that he's being, I mean, he's either being paid to be quiet. If you're a reporter and you have some sort of moral compass. Yes, but you and I both know that um, if he's let go, he still most likely has a non-compete in his contract. That means he can't go to another outlet. Clayton and I both worked for NBC and CBS and Fox News. And um, if for any reason we wanted to leave our contracts early, uh, we had a non-compete, meaning we couldn't go to another network. Mm. And so it's possible he just can't. And that if he speaks about it, you better believe they are going to enforce it. So they're going to pay you off. And keep you quiet with legal maneuvers. This is how they keep you silent. But it's an unbelievable story. And I hope. Well, I would hope it. at the very least he has some kind of severance because it doesn't seem like he did anything wrong. And, you know, he shouldn't just be out of work for this. They're like, Miguel, you're you're kind of close to retirement age now. Wouldn't you like to enjoy the holidays with your family? Here's a nice severance. But you can't ever talk about this story ever again. We got a call from Nancy Pelosi's office. So. And we don't know. We'll it's funny the out. things that, you know, you you can get a severance for for media companies. Like, yeah. you know, you can touch some ladies. You can, all of that oh, yeah, stuff. you'll get a big settlement. You'll you get can, a big settlement. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, you can say what they don't want and then you get a nice vacation. So Unbelievable. I mean, at least the call came from the Pelosi's and not the Clintons. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, to as be honest far with you, as we know, to be we clear, don't we don't know. We don't have any idea. Or if it's somebody that's yeah, very that's close true. to Nancy Pelosi, right inside of NBC, yeah. one of the you know heads of NBC, we just have no idea. But clearly, if he's not working, he's been silenced, and they've scrubbed that story from their website. Something happened. I mean, you don't, you know, it's Occam's razor, right? We'll yeah. Figure this out. So we've got more news to get to here on this Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to talk about Twitter, the Twitter files, and what Elon is about to unleash on the world. What could we find out inside of these Twitter files? We're also going to talk about eugenics. And, of course, what's happening in Canada, very, very troubling. Why eugenics is still alive and well. People thought it went away after World War II. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's still here, just under a different name. It's evolved. We'll talk about that. Um, but first, I want to tell you about our store. So we do have a store now. Um, we're very excited. I saw a lot of you made your orders last night. Get them in time for Christmas uh, holiday shopping season. So if you go to redactedstore.com, you can support independent journalism. We've got our new mugs. We've got our new hats. We've got some hoodies, polo shirts, T-shirts. Um, we've got the, the black hats there, the red brimmed hat. We've got the faded gray hat as well which is one of my favorites. Um, and uh, yeah, the hoodies are the zip ups as well. So all manner. This is our first launch here. This is our first batch. Um, so we're very, very excited. And we got a water bottle. Like if you want to have, you know, stay hydrated. Everyone's got to stay hydrated. Wouldn't you love to have a really nice uh, redacted water bottle in your backpack as well? So check them out. Go to redactedstore.com. You can get your redacted merch right now. Support what we do here on the show. Uh, and as David mentioned last night on the show, if you order, um, so the hats take a little bit longer. 
because they have to, they're, I mean, they're handcrafted hats. They have to be, you know, printed and, and everything and make sure that the embroidery looks great. So if you order a hoodie, if you order a sweatshirt, those might come first, but you might have to just wait a few more days to get the hats. Okay. So just be aware, get those orders in now for the Christmas season. So redacted store dot com is the place to go and check those things out so thanks to all of your support for supporting independent journalism all right let's talk about twitter let's talk about elon musk a lot of people wondering are you going to show us the goods elon? oh i got some goods are you going to show us what's in these twitter files there people are calling them the twitter files and i love this as a name for the the twitter files it's like watergate what are in these files like how is the white house how is the, the government colluding with social media companies to keep things censored, blocked, so that we didn't know about it. Well, we're going to tell you what Twitter already has done, um, because there's some really interesting moves that have not had a lot of press because, uh, you know, certain liberal celebrities are like boo-hooing into their kombucha about Elon Musk being at the helm of Twitter. Meanwhile... We're going to show you. Um, he says now that he will publish internal documents from Twitter explaining the company's free speech, free speech suppression policies. That's not easy to say. Here's the tweet. He says the Twitter files on free speech suppression soon to be published on Twitter itself. The public public deserves to know what really happened. Yes. Go on. Uh, one user then pointed out the most glaring censorship episode in recent memory. Um, ALX user says, raise your hand if you think Elon Musk should make public all internal discussions about the decisions to censor the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop just before the 2020 election in the interest of transparency. And Musk says, yeah, this is necessary to restore public trust. He agrees. Mm. Okay. We absolutely want to see that. Um, but also raise your hand if you are interested in censorship around the pandemic. Everybody yes. here? Yes. yes I okay. Can. I like to see well, it. the same user above that we just mentioned, ALX, points this out that Twitter has changed its policy about COVID. In fact, he's right. This is a live link from transparency.twitter.com. It says that effective November 2020. 23rd, 2022, Twitter is no longer enforcing the COVID-19 misleading information policy. Did you know that? What? Did you know that, David? Wow. I did not, but that's awesome. I mean, I've noticed that a lot more things have been posted. Um, there's still some doctors that aren't back, but there's a lot more being posted on both sides. So yes. I'm, I'm in for it. Like I've been loving Twitter lately. Okay. Now this is interesting because on the same site that has this new update to Twitter policy, it shows how many Twitter accounts have been suspended since the pandemic began. Take a look at this chart. Now it's interesting. It's kind of starts slow in 2020 when we were in the heart of lockdowns and pandemic 2021, it gets ramped up. Why so much more in 2022 when life is opening up? Um, I'm very curious about this. This is around, like, if we think back to our experience of when this is happening and it really ramped up over the summer. Interesting. It I also really feel like it's. I was just going to say, I really feel like it's because that's when the narrative really started to fall apart. Like they were no longer able to push the same things they were earlier. Yes. So, you know, like it, it was a lot easier to tell about them, transmissibility. Hey, idiots and yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, the same goes for also around that time. We started to have some data about adverse reactions. So people were like saying, wait a second, we need to look into this. And those accounts were getting blocked and, 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 and banned because like people when were did starting the to share documents come out. 
Um, uh, early this uh, spring. I think it was in the spring, right? Um, so it might have been right around s- April. I think I think it was yeah. early. I think it was around April or May. I think if I'm not mistaken, right? The Pfizer documents. There's been multiple dumpings of Pfizer documents. So it depends on which one we're talking about. I was just kind of seeing if that correlated with that line. Well, know. perhaps. But let's look at content removed. Um, this next chart shows us that really 2021 was when they were really taking things down. Where did this COVID, where did this chart come from? Twitter, Twitter itself? itself. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so if you look at the content that was removed, um, it's quite a bit in 2021 and has been plummeting since. And now the policy is to not uh, enforce the misleading information policy around COVID. Um, so again, what was the actual reason for all of these content removals and all of these account suspensions. Twitter has been using the, you know, reasoning of, oh, we're just doing what the CDC says or what the FDA authorized and that kind of thing. But now we know that while these suspensions were peaking, according to those charts, the FDA knew certain things and had already debunked certain things. And Twitter stuck to a certain narrative long before, long after those things could not be proven. So why? Um, big question. Is that what Musk is going to show us? Uh, another example of what we might see, other juicy tidbits, um, around certain Jeffrey Epstein. In fact, today, Epstein Island was trending, um, and so was For the holidays. Epstein client list. <laughs> and most people were shocked, I say, that this was even allowed to trend because most people theorize that this has been suppressed. Um, It is now worth noting, though, that a lot of the same people who are, because now that this is trending, you can see a list being shared. I chose not to share it because I'm not sure exactly how to verify this. These things have not even been released publicly. Um, But I, I read the list, right? And it's interesting that a lot of the names on these lists are the same people who are freaking out about free speech on Twitter. Oh, which is interesting. Interesting. So the people that are on the Epstein client list are the same people that are like, we got to get rid of this Elon Musk. We got to get the, there is a lot of overlap. I'm just going to say this again. Like we, we don't, we, we don't, we don't know the list until we know the list. We only know we got one, um, Pritzker recently. That's all we got. Right. Okay. There's more, um, but we have to wait. Um, which is interesting. Now, in fact, instead of going after COVID tweets, or protecting Epstein users, it seems that Musk is doing the opposite. Take a look at this thread. I'm sorry it's small. I'm going to read it to you. This is from a person who specializes in information um, that is against child trafficking laws. Um, So Eliza Blue, she says, wow, the most popular hashtag used to sell certain abusive material on Twitter is completely cleaned out. She says even, you know, she's not going to post the hashtag for obvious reasons, but they're gone. She says, Correction, the three biggest hashtags used by these abusers selling this material have been eliminated. Yes. She says, this is huge. To those who weren't aware yet, Twitter actually added a direct reporting uh, option for this exploitative content. While previously it was not available before, now it's easy to find. And I, she posts screenshots. Um, she highlights them, them themselves. I don't think people know that you can use a ruler for highlighting. Let's look at this next one because you see when people highlight things on a screen, it's kind of like there's a ruler function, guys, just so you know. Um, anyway. Wait, there's a ruler function on your computer? Oh, no, when you, there's a ruler function to highlight things. 
Oh. You know, when you want to take a screenshot and highlight something, you can use the ruler in order to highlight. Anyway, I'm just being a Virgo. Um, I'm super glad that she shared this stuff. I don't mean to take away from that. Okay. Um, So let's... Let's not focus on that. Um, but take a look at the screenshot. Let's not focus on that after I brought it up. <laughs> I can't help it, but okay. Um, so hey, the, look over there. That person's overweight, but let's not focus on that person's weight, even though I brought it up. That's it's what's called a paralipsis. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it, but I just said it. Um, okay, but take a look at this. This shows you how. Now, if you see something that is ex- exploitative, specifically of children, you can mark it directly. She says this is new. It wasn't there before. Um, and here's another follow-up of what you should be marking if you see this content because Twitter is going after this like a bird dog. And even today, Liz Wheeler, um, a conservative uh, voice on Twitter, she says, can we actually just take a moment to thank Elon Musk for ridding Twitter of this content? And it, and uh, she's like, of all of the battles he's fighting, this is the most important. And he says this will forever be our top priority. So, so you would think that all those celebrities leaving Twitter would be happy about this unless concerned about like COVID misinformation. And no, there's no stories on this. So over the weekend, this story started breaking and I was seeing commentary about how, hey, all of a sudden Elon Musk is removing all sorts of uh uh, child exploitation. Child exploitation. We, can't, we, we, we have to be careful how well, we say it. it. Well, I could say the P word, but I'm not going to say it. But you know what I'm talking about, right? And I was like, why are all these P accounts being removed all of a sudden? And that was happening over the weekend. They're Wait, like, how oh. do you know that? Because I saw reports of this happening. Reports of it. Right? Reports. Yes, I saw reports of it. Okay. <laughs> I saw reports of it. but I, I And I was like, wow, wait a second. What's going on? I mean, I don't follow these accounts. So I wasn't like, hey, my favorite accounts are suddenly <laughs> disappearing. I, <laughs> I suddenly, wow, where's the, all my, when I'm on Twitter, you this is where I hang out. And they're <laughs> all my favorite. is so empty now. <laughs> I have no information yeah, here. They're all like, gone. They shut down Twitter? <laughs> yeah, is Twitter <laughs> dead? What's going on? <laughs> why, why even use Twitter? I can't access my favorite news feeds. Uh, no, I saw reports of this. And, um, it was, and I was like, really? Is this? actually happening so yeah so good for elon like removing these child trafficking uh twitter hashtags and other things that were allowed to propagate if you just think about the hypocrisy for a moment like this stuff under these liberal leaders and these people that were running twitter that they allowed this stuff to propagate but oh we're gonna block and censor hunter biden's laptop story right these um excuse me if you're just tuning in, I'm getting over a cold. So these <clears throat> celebrities who are really worried about saying things about COVID are not actually saying, well, actually, this is the content we should be concerned about, not necessarily COVID. Um, I love this reply that I saw on Twitter. One user shared about Elon coming in with all this big reveal. So that's the mood. Uh, this was just one reply. Twitter free speech. If you can't, if you're listening, because uh, I got an, an email from a viewer that said, "Hey, remember, a lot of us listen to your show while we're driving trucks, oh, driving taxis." Sorry, uh, I got a London taxi driver that wrote me and said, "Hey, when you guys do stuff where I can't read it, I don't want to get in a car accident." So what this it shows Elon pull, pulling up a lawn chair like at a kid's like soccer game, and he plops the lawn chair down, and it says, "Like, hey guys, I'm here to party." And it's got a box that says Twitter free speech suppression data, which is like a box full of stuff. Yes. But he's like, hey, I'm here to show this off. 
All right, so that's the well, vibe. I love that he's exposing he's exposing the people too that are doing this, and he's like, I'm going to expose the advertisers. He's like going after Apple right now, yeah. uh, which is a major player. And and I'm I, I like seriously, I've been sitting back and just watching, and and just like it's finally time. And and the thing is, it's it's. It is a billionaire that is the only one that could get away with this. Like we could not. We would the, like Parler tried. Parler would have been blocked. They would have already been taken down. Yeah. But Elon has the money and the power to be the only one that can take on the other elites and most likely get away with it. This is why they were so scared. This is why they were so scared not of were, him. Are 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 scared. Were scared. They knew that he was going to do this. They're like, oh, and they call him. They paint him like he's a loose. He's a loose gun. He's a loose cannon. By the way, he tweeted last night how he sleeps every night. He sleeps with two guns by his bedside and a picture of George Washington. That's how he, on his bedside table, two loaded guns that he sleeps with. And a lot of cans of soda with no coasters. That really bothered me, too. You're more upset about the wood. like the. the I think it was a cement, but still, oh, yeah. there were a lot of rings, drink rings. And... Do you have no you have no, Well, you know what's, no respect you know what's funny? Wood? The hypocrisy is like if you go back and look at the people who are uh, against him now they were just praising Tesla and praising Elon and oh my gosh he's doing such good things for humanity like uh, Alyssa Milano and all this and now they're just like vehemently against him because he's he's making changes changes that you would think they would actually be supportive of yeah right. i'm all for this child exploitation thing just so you know i think that's the thing to use my voice to say i don't have a voice but you know what i mean my my platform rather than get freaked out about whether or not someone wants to like talk about vitamin d as a curative one of the big angles also a lot of things sorry go ahead i just can say really quick a lot of people also don't realize that he's making us now the customer and not the product like all these other social media that's absolutely free that where we're the product to corporations that are running ads he's now making us a customer and going to give us features and doesn't really care as much about the ad revenue as as us being the product yeah, and one and well, one a- angle, one big part of the story that I'm excited about is the fact that these he talks about that the amount of pro psyops or psychological warfare operations that are being conducted by like you know the the media and the, and governments um, oh, on yeah. Twitter is ridiculous. So he tweeted this. He said the amount of pro psyops on Twitter is ridiculous. <laughs> he said at least with the new verified, they pay eight dollars for the privilege of psyops. It's crazy. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, think about that. Like, they're running psychological operations, like pushing out bot armies, pushing out verified. They're doing all sorts of crazy stuff, and and they're aware of it now. They're aware of it. They know that they're paying for it. So they're paying for, like, verified accounts in order to run these psychological warfare operations on people. Um, Is it crazy? your tax dollars will. A lot of them are run by governments. Well... All right. So there you go. So U.S. tax dollars going to use. uh, That's what we should be investigated. I would love to know in these Twitter files, like what government organizations are actually running psychological warfare operations on people like which ones? We know we 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 did. um, We covered an investigation here recently about the uh, U.S. Department of Defense running them on Iran. Um, Afghanistan, yeah, yeah. Yemen, we, we know that already. And against the American people. Using Twitter right. and Facebook. Yeah. So the White House was asked about this yesterday, and I think that this is really telling. So watch how this reporter phrases the question to Jean-Pierre about Twitter uh, and the concerns over Elon Musk. Like, you can tell this reporter is equally as concerned, a mouthpiece of this, uh, this intelligence state. Watch. This is a critical moment, really, in terms of um, ensuring that Twitter does not become a vector for misinformation. I mean, are you concerned about the, you know, 
Elon Musk says there's more and more uh, subscribers coming online. Are you concerned about that? And what tools do you have? Who is it at the White House that is really keeping track of this? So look, this is something that we're certainly uh, keeping an eye on. And uh, look, um, we, you know, we have always been very clear um, and that uh, when it comes to social media platforms, it is their responsibility uh, to make sure that um, when it comes to misinformation, when we when we comes to the hate that we're seeing, uh, that they they take action, that they continue uh, to take action. Again, we're all keeping a close eye on this. We're all uh, uh, monitoring uh, what's what's currently uh, occurring, and uh, we see you know we see it with our own eyes of, of what you all are reporting and just. For, for ourselves, what's happening on, on Twitter. Uh, but again, social media companies have a responsibility to prevent their platforms uh, from being used by any user uh, to incite violence, especially violence uh, directed at individual communities, as we have been seeing. And the president has been very clear on calling uh, that out. He'll continue to do that. Uh, and we're going to continue to monitor the situation. Go ahead. And continue to monitor the situation. We are all watching. She is it, like, she said, she is like the Gordon Ramsay of word salad. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever heard her just give a straight. This is the answer. Boom, done. It's yeah. like, I, I, I never. I never she always says we are job. clear. We've been. Uh, she's like, we've been. Oh, we've been very clear. We've been very. She loves that phrase. Right. We've been very clear. Yeah. We've been very clear. But I'm never clear. So we're all watching this internally. We're all so all of us at the White House right now. Instead of you know concerns about inflation or you know diesel prices or uh, food prices or the collapsing housing market or any of those things, what we're really concerned about and we're watching very closely is misinformation being shared on Twitter. But it was okay when we were perpetrators of misinformation on Twitter. We were fine with that. We were fine with that. But now that people actually have a voice, we're very concerned about this. We're watching it very closely. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. Really troubling. Let us know your thoughts on that in the chat below. We've got more news to get to. We're going to talk about this made television commercial in Canada and why eugenics are alive and well just under a different name. I guess that name was out of fashion, but they are back in a big, big way. Actually, they never went away. Journalist Whitney Webb is going to be joining us to talk a little bit about that story. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about how you can make some money right now. Time to get some free money in stocks. Ten years ago, one of the best trading platforms on the planet was created, our show sponsor, Moomoo. They are celebrating their 10th anniversary right now, and they're giving away some free money additionally. They're giving away a bonus $10 right now when you open an account, in addition to the 15 free stocks valued up to $30,000. Now, when you uh, sign up, open an account and make your initial deposit. Um, this is a $6 billion company with 18 million users. They are regulated by the SEC. They are massive. It's one great trading platform where I buy a lot of my commodity stocks. If you want to build out a really strong portfolio, you know, start small. Start small. Get those free stocks from them. And you don't have to do anything else with the account. If you don't like the stocks you got, well, let them grow in value and then sell them. And then you've got cash in the account. You can do with it what you want. So maybe you take that money you got, that free money, and then you start investing it in the things that you want. Perhaps you want to invest in gold stocks. Perhaps you want to invest in silver producers. Perhaps you want to invest in oil companies, et cetera, who are actually pulling minerals and natural resources out of the ground that can help us survive. Maybe that's where you want to put your money. Build out a portfolio. 
you know, like 60 stocks or more, you know, build out a really long-term portfolio. You can learn how to do that on their trading platform. They have a whole like e-learning academy, which is totally free on how to trade, how to look at the markets, how to study all of that, get alerts, set all of those things. It's all free inside of the app. So check them out. The way to get these bonus stocks, though, when you sign up and get that $10 bonus for their 10th anniversary is to go to redacted.inc slash moomoo. You have to go to that URL so they'll know you came from us. Redacted.inc slash moomoo. That's M-O-O-M-O-O. And our thanks to Moomoo for supporting what we do here at Redacted. They've been a long-term partner of ours, and we much love to them for supporting what we do here and supporting independent journalism. All right, let's talk about this. So if you thought lockdowns and forced vaccinations were bad, well, this is outright evil what they're doing in Canada, in my opinion, and 11 other Western countries, by the way. It's not just Canada. The eugenics program to reduce world population is still alive and well in these countries. And now they're even rolling out assisted suicide television advertisements. So is life too hard for you? Got high credit card debt? Uh, maybe you can't pay your car bills right now, your, you know, your, your student loan bills or your car loan bills. Well, no problem. We've got a solution for you. This is a real advertisement for a retail company in Canada. Watch. Last breaths are sacred. When I imagine my final days, I see bubbles. I see the ocean. I see music. Even now, as I seek help to end my life, there is still so much beauty. You just have to be brave enough to see it. Yeah, so she's no longer with us. All is beauty. Wow, they're making it trendy. Yeah, very trendy. That's his part. They're spending money on advertising to to say to you, hey, hey, you know, if you're depressed, you're anxious. You can tap out. You can tap out now. Tap out. We support this. This will help the global population problem that we think we have, right? This is part of the plan. So since 2016, I mean, it's absolutely evil. It like gives me chills thinking about this. Like this is what we're facing right now. It's incredibly disturbing. In 2000, since 2016, Canada's medical assistance in dying it's what's called medical assistance in dying or MAID, M-A-I-D. Their laws have allowed severely or terminally ill and disabled people to choose to die by either euthanasia, legal drugs administrator, administered by a physician, or physician-assisted suicide, which typically entails a provider that is prescribing lethal drugs and then a patient takes them independently. So listen to these numbers. More than 10,000 Canadians died this way last year up 32% from 2020 and accounting for 3.3% of all deaths in Canada. That's a staggering number. Yeah. 3.3% of all deaths. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's already the most lax in the world. Canada is already the most lax in the world. The measures are set to grow even more permissive starting next March. The country will allow people suffering solely from mental illness to seek euthanasia, as we've been reporting here on the show. Of course, we've been covering this Mental Illness Act, part of it, which is going to roll out in March of 2023. So this dispatch from dispatch.com, here's an interesting take. They published this piece this morning, and I, I think it, I want to read it to you. So uh, don't worry about trying to follow along here. But I'm going to read this to you. Opponents of the laws argue they diminish the lives of people with disabilities and can create 
uh, pressure on people to kill themselves. Persons with disabilities may decide to end their lives because of broader social factors such as loneliness, social isolation, and lack of access to quality social services. United Nations officials wrote in a letter to Canadian leaders last year warning the country's expanding MAID laws could violate the UN's Human Rights Declaration. A social assumption might follow or be subtly reinforced that it's better to be dead than to live with a disability. You think? Yeah, and that's already happening. Such, so here's a few examples from this dispatch piece. Such concerns are not hypothetical. Roger Foley, hospitalized with a degenerative brain disorder in Ontario, recorded a conversation with a hospital director of ethics earlier this year in which his ethicist reminded him in a stay at the hospital that it would cost north of $1,500 a day. That's like a dog. Like, literally, do you want to pay the cost of caring for this dog or put them down? Yeah. Like, you have these conversations with a vet. But humans are not dogs, right? So according to Foley, hospital staff raised the idea of assisted dying, unprompted. Like, the hospital administrator, the director, just brought it up. It's like, hey, I know this is going to be expensive. Or Here's an you idea. could not. Here, or you could just die. <clears throat> we got ways for that. We, we, we've got ways. <laughs> That's crazy. Canadian Sheila Elson, whose adult daughter, <laughs> Candace Lewis, has several medical conditions, including cerebral palsy, said in a 2016 doctor, uh, in 2016, a doctor brought up assisted suicide for Lewis in front of the young girl and told Elson that she was being selfish when she rejected the idea. You're being selfish to not let your daughter die, and we can take care of her right now. All we need to do is just fill out some paperwork and go, go down the hallway. We can... We can Get this taken care of for you. That, you know that your daughter that has cerebral palsy? We can take care of that for you. There was an episode of Scrubs where they made fun of this. Like, what if we did this like animals? You know? Yeah. Like, how you, you would put, da put down a horse with a, like a shotgun, right? Yeah. And in the sort of scene, JD, the doctor, he's like, I don't like the looks of that leg, Mr. Johnson. Right. Like right. it's as if it's so ridiculous that we should not, we should only like it's talk comedy. about this in parody. Right. This is like a Monty Python sketch or a Scrubs sketch, right? Like yeah. this is, but no, this is real. This is, this is Canada and it's happening in other countries as well. Like I said, 11, Switzerland expanding, Belgium expanding. Well, we've been covering the new eugenics program on this show for a while. Many people wrongly believe that the government assisted eugenics ended after World War II. It didn't. It is alive and well with just a bit of rebranding in 2022. So it's still here. As we've talked about on this show, this all has its roots in, um, in, uh, in, in Malthusian policy. So this is Thomas Malthus. He was an English cleric who believed in population control. The idea that the world can't handle so many people. It gave rise to the eugenics programs in the early part of the last century. They were able to say, hey, this is a, we've got, you know, he's, what, what he's saying is really troubling because we're going to run out of food. We've got to start putting people down. We've got to start making sure that people can't breed again. And also they wanted to selectively breed out undesirable traits in humans such as crime, criminals, theft. Yes. Yeah. yeah low, people who scored low on tests, um, people who had disabilities, people and they who thought they could actually, they actually thought that they could breed out poverty. As if somehow poverty is like a part of a part of your genetic DNA, right? That you could breed out 
people who just can't make money. Or Actually, can't though, the wealthiest American families were poor within three to five generations. For instance, the, the Vanderbilts, who today would be wealthier than Bill Gates by some estimates. Um, within three generations, that general generational wealth was gone. Because the kids, they didn't, they didn't understand how So to, the idea yeah. that you could br continue to breed wealth has been disproven. Uh, so I don't know how you could then use it to think that you could breed out poverty. So the American eugenics movement embraced negative eugenics with the goal to eliminate undesirable genetic traits in the human race through selective breeding. Basically, the United States would push you off into camps where you would be sanitized, sorry, sanitized and sterilized, right? So you couldn't breed and they would kill you off never to breed again, never to be a part of the problem again. It's What's amazing. interesting about this is that... The, these are things that breeders do with with animals, right? They only breed the strongest for certain things and certain traits. That, that's been understood, understood. But humans are the only species which takes extra care of our... In, innately, we take extra care of our weakest. Um, it's just something in us if somebody needs help. That's what makes us human, whereas right. most species will sort of like push out of the nest, the one that's least viable. We don't do that. So this is what makes us human. So if we start to accept this, then we are fundamentally becoming less human. Hmm. And this is exactly... Well, and also, we can't... Hmm. We aren't the same as animals to where like it takes many more generations for us to... Uh, change than it does an animal. I think it's what 10 generations you can have something completely different in an animal, but like, what is that for humans? It's oh, I don't know. Way. I've never heard that. Yeah, I've often wondered why. But this um, is transhumanism. I mean, this is what so this is exactly what transhumanism is. Yeah. Instead of it being eugenics, right? The, the name eugenics, it's now transhumanism. And so this is exactly what Whitney Webb, I sat down with her and talked about this. And she says, this is still, I mean, this is happening. And now it's just been rebranded and it's transhumanism, right? It's making us less human. Watch. Talking about transhumanism, right? That's how you can really see what the eugenics program became. So after World War II, you have Julian Huxley, who's Aldous Huxley's brother. Um, he's installed as the president of UNESCO, but he's also the president of the British Eugenics Society. And charting out his vision for UNESCO, he writes about eugenics. We need to make the unthinkable thinkable again. Ten years later, he describes how to do that in a book called New Bottles for New Wine. Uh, which is basically him talking about the human race in that metaphor. And he coins, the, he, he, coins he creates the term transhumanism, Julian Huxley. Wow. And he says that this is the new eugenics, merging man with machine and using these technologies to manipulate genes and, and all of that. So, you know, it's definitely evolved. Yeah, so it never went away. It evolved. Now under the made laws in Canada, Canada's, this is unbelievable part of the story. Canada's pediatric society says it's okay to basically eliminate children, you know, as long as they show signs that they are mature. What so does would, that even uh, let mean? Me, let me repeat that. Canada's pediatric society under these made laws basically says, hey, if the, if the child is mature enough, like they're not an adult yet, not 18, it, but if they're showing signs of maturity then they can we're, we're gonna we're, we're going to refer to them as mature minors and they can basically, make the determination to kill to, to, to be assisted suicide and, and taken care of basically if they can if they can decide their own gender they can no but this is the same yeah, yeah you make a good point this is the same 
thing is that yes, children should be able to, yeah, change their bodies, make these decisions, make adult decisions as minors. Oh, you're 12 and you're depressed? Well, here you go. We don't even need to, we don't even need to check with the parents. You're, you're a mature, you're a mature minor. You're 12. <laughs> you seem like you're mature. Do you want a doctor's note to go and, you know, take care of that thing called life? Like that's we what we're we talking these, about uh, here. We have the red and blue pill. We have the hormone blocker or the life taker. Which one do you want, red or blue? Yeah. Yeah. Because continuing no to live how you are right now is not an option. Unbelievable. Mature minors. It's an oxymoron. That's, right? well, at least, crazy. I mean, I wasn't mature until I was in my 30s. Well, you're not, in fact, <laughs> I'm because still not. Right. the process of myelation does not end until you're 30. So myelation is the process by which your brain sort of gets covered in what's like a phone wire, like this wire, like a, think of it like a plastic. It sort of matures the brain. It starts at, you know, right at the base of your neck and then moves forward to the prefrontal cortex. And that does not end until 30. And so how are you, you know, that's why like a lot of us feel like you never had a conscious thought until you were 30. I feel like that a lot of times. You didn't. You were like still maturing your brain. So how can you allow someone to make a decision that changes their entire future before this process is complete? So well, the thing is, I was even thinking like, why do we even let people get married before they're 30? If that's the case, you know, like these are things that I'm worried about. Not like, shall I remove parts of my body? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, this is happening in Canada. I don't think the pharmaceutical industry would let it happen here because they'd be losing too many potential residual um, depends because our, our medical system works so much differently that like, think of what an insurer would pay for this. For instance, like why does an insurer want to pay for, um, you to get your tubes tied or a hysterectomy or a, um, what did you have, honey? The, the snip, uh, I had, uh, vasectomy. Thank redu- you. Oh, reduction surgery. Uh, no. Well, why would they want to do that? Right. Because it, it will, um, like the future costs will be mitigated, right? So they can charge a lot for that procedure, knowing they don't have to continue to pay for things that are expensive, like another baby or hormones or what have you. So um, in the United States, you could see that they could charge a lot for this. The insurance companies would absolutely pay it. And then like, oh, good, that's a profit on that individual. Right now, I don't have to pay for expensive care. Right. In the future, I can pay, I can make a profit on this. So they're focusing on well, the maybe people Maybe the pharmaceutical pain. companies will, will come up with a way to make you so that you're not all the way gone, but you have to take a pill monthly to stay gone. Mm. You know, like, oh, otherwise, yeah. if, you don't, if you stop. Like, like those, we did a story recently about the people who were in these freezers. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, who knows? Yeah. So they're focusing on the. Yeah. So they're focusing on the people with pain, but that's just a tiny part of the story. Canada is now focusing on assisted suicide for the mentally ill. So it's not just about the pain anymore. Like they're moving that narrative away from that. Right. You can't pay your bills. You're depressed. OK, we've got a plan for you. If you're depressed, you have anxiety, you can take your own life. It's spreading to now most of the Western, most of other Western countries, Switzerland, Australia, I hate saying, I know, I hate lumping in Australia. It's not a Western country. It's what, a South, Southern Hemisphere? Ideologically, it <laughs> is. Ideologically, I say it. So don't, I don't want to hear from Australians. Say, We're not Western, but I get it. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, 11 countries right now. A 23-year-old in Belgium who was otherwise totally healthy suffered from depression. And 
she was a she was involved she was involved in some sort of a terrorist attack that unfolded and so it left her with you know like post traumatic stress yeah um and she just wasn't not able to fully like live her life and so the Belgian health authorities just helped her end her own life there you go you can't you're 23 years old there's no help for you so here here's a script go I mean, down what and see Doctor Death tell other people about resilience too it's like awful. you're not going to be able to get over this and when you read for instance the book Dope Sick about why uh, the opioid crisis has come to America. It's uh, largely because um, Americans are not taught to deal with any amount of pain because, the, you know, the doctors don't want to hear from them, basically. It's like, this is a painful process you're going through. You're going to get through it. Um, doctors basically don't want to hear it. So here's something for you, right? What does th- What is this teaching us about resilience and the ability to survive as humans? Um, and what would it teach the next generation? It's really troubling. And from a spiritual perspective, like my belief is that you come here with something to learn right. as a soul and yeah. it's pre and you know what your main challenge is going to be. Um, and you are just here to overcome. This is my spiritual belief. I'm not reporting the news now. Um, but if you're facing something and you sort of tap out, my belief is that like, you'll face this again in another life. Um, and you know, you, you're not, you're not leveling up as a soul and it makes me sad. Um, again, that's my spiritual belief. I don't want to impose that on anybody, but that's my reaction to it. I think people. I think people put too much focus on like always being happy. There was a, I think it was kids in the hall did a, a movie about like this happy pill or something. You took it to constantly be happy brain candy. So there's, there's, there's this thought in Yeah. Brain candy. There's this thought in society that if you're ever depressed or ever sad, that that's a bad thing. We have to figure out ways to not let you go there and stay happy all the time. And so it's just this pressure that if people aren't happy, they think there's something wrong with them. Right. It's like, we're, we're, we have emotions for a reason. Didn't Buddha, yeah. didn't Buddha say like life is about suffering. Right. But I mean, we're here. I think that's what he said. Right. Buddha said, I think. And so your, your, your whole journey is to, you know, is to be resilient. Right. It's to overcome. It's to push through dark times. It's to uh, it's to grow. And that's like what we talk about in this show. You only grow through discomfort. I try to teach that to my kids all the time. You have to fall down on the ski slope. Right. To learn how to ski. You have to get the bloody knee on the playground to learn, you know, Um, put one foot in front of the other. When you start a business, if you fail, that's how you become more resilient to build a stronger business. So we have to come through these things together and to be able to just like tap out because you've got depression. You're like, I'm done. Here you go. Canada. Here's your script. Go go down to see Dr. Death down the street. He'll take care of it for you. Yeah. Um, And another question is, why does this look so peaceful and nice? Yet in the United States, when someone's sentenced to the death penalty, we bungle that. We can't figure out how to let those people die nicely. Like, they, you know, there's with the drugs are all wrong. We have these stories out of Oklahoma where people are writhing in pain because they don't have like, how come they get the crappier pills? And then these people have nice pills. I wouldn't put it past them. So the United States pharmaceutical complex is going to be figuring out a way to make this as peaceful. You're going to start seeing television commercials in the United States. Mark my words. Like this is a, that was a television commercial we showed you in Canada. You're going to be watching the NFL on a Sunday. You're going to be kicking back with your buddies. And there's going to be an ad that comes on after your Budweiser commercial. And it's going to be like, have you been depressed? See a doctor about taking your own life. We'll take care of it for you. Like, oh. When well, they'll be like, hey, not only can we help you, but our new drug will help you die COVID free. Yeah. 
Well, there was a story in, in uh, Switzerland about how there was a company that did something just like this with a pod, but you had to be vaccinated in order to use it. They would not take unvaccinated people. Uh, in the death pod. In the death uh. pod. Yeah, that's not a joke either. So, Can you but, imagine going in the death pod and finding out like you're like, wait a second, has anyone else used this before me? Because I'm like, you're kind of creeped out. I, that would be the thing. Like, wait, I'm, I'm going to end my life but I'm creeped out that there was somebody else who ended his or her life before me in this pod. Like, that like would a be mud like, treatment? I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't. I don't want to catch COVID in the last few seconds. It's creepy. It's nasty. <clears throat> Let us know your thoughts on this in the comments below. Um, yeah. All right. Well, my voice held out about as long as it was about to. Thank you for being patient. I'm sorry I sounded like a frog today, um, but I drank this uh, lemon turmeric tea and hopefully it's better tomorrow now she's not gonna be able to talk the rest of the night <laughs> it's good for me we'll see yesterday <laughs> i was just like incessantly texting clayton like put miles to bed get this thing with the kids and he was like sitting next to me while i was texting him and i was watching him ignore my text <laughs> he's like look you got laryngitis i'm off the hook. <laughs> I, need, I need one of those pods <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone for subscribing to the channel. Again, we have a community that we'd love for you to subscribe to and become a, a redacted rebel. Um, again, if you join the rebellion, you become a redacted rebel VIP and you can just for the price of a cup of coffee once a month, if you go to redacted.inc, that's the website to go to. And when you're there, you'll see two options. One on the left side of your screen is to sign up for our newsletter. We hope you're already subscribed. On the right side of your screen is the join our community. And then you just click on that, join our community and become a redacted rebel VIP. Our goal is to hit that 3,500 number by the end of the year, by December 31st, 3,500 of, uh, of redacted rebels. You get access to early content, exclusive content in our locals community, um, documentaries and, and things that we're releasing just to our locals community before anyone else gets to see them. So please come over and subscribe again. Redacted.inc is the place to go to become a community member. Um, we're going to rest Natalie's voice. We're going to take it easy tonight. Uh, and we will be back um, tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time, we'll be here live. So thank you all for your support of the channel, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everyone.